Well, today is one of my favorite Sundays. We had a great service Friday, Good Friday. Uh, good for us, not so good for Jesus, but how many are grateful that, that he followed through? Remember when he prayed that prayer? Lord, do I really have to? But not my will, yours be done. And I am so thankful Jesus went to the cross for us. With that said, after they buried him in the ground, what happened? He arose! Woo! Yes! And because of that, we have Easter eggs on Sunday. How many kids had to get up this morning and look for Easter eggs around the house? Anybody? Ah, oh, there's a couple hands. Now, I'm going to guess they were plastic eggs, right? No, you had real ones? I remember when I was a kid, I know, Methuselah was alive, right? When, when my mom and dad, they'd boil the eggs, and we'd dye them and do all kinds of cool things on them. We didn't have the fancy stickers, so we had to draw our own with crayon and dunk it in the, the stuff. And, and then, while we were sleeping, or maybe early in the morning, I don't know, my parents would hide them. And it was awesome. We ran around that house looking for those Easter eggs, hoping to find all of them. And, and if you didn't find them... Within about three days, just like Jesus coming out of the grave, you know, they let you know they were there. And, and of course, we removed them because it got pretty stinky. But that was a highlight of my life as a young kid. And uh, I do miss those days. I'm way too old. So happy Easter. And then, of course, this is my favorite, happy Resurrection Day. Because that's... That's what it's really about, isn't it? He's alive. He's alive. Can you say that? He's alive. Oh, you almost sounded enthusiastic. One more time. He's alive. Yes, yes, hallelujah. Listen, you can, uh, you can challenge me. You can call me uh, way to go preacher. You can amen me. I love that stuff. So if you're here today and you want to get a little shouty, uh, go for it, all right? At the appropriate time, I might add, because, you know, don't be shouting me down if I'm reading scripture or whatever, but, um, yeah. So with that said, I would like to show you a short little video, The Power of the Resurrection. I love this day because of where it lands. As I look at all those, what were 20, 30 foot snowbanks outside, down to about maybe that big now. It tells me that the seasons are finally changing, amen? And winter freeze is turning into the spring thaw. The sun is coming up earlier, and it's going down later, and you know what that means. Time to get the boat out. Be fisher of men, I mean fish. If, if you could look below the surface, what would you see? Right now, you would see the roots going down and the life of that plant going up. In fact, the, the maple tree is a great example because what happens this time of year? When the sun comes out, the syrup, the sap goes up, and then at night it goes back down. 
And we get delicious maple syrup as a result. I like maple syrup. How about you? How fitting that spring describes basically what Jesus Christ did. They put him in a tomb because it was the Passover. They didn't want to do anything on the Sabbath. So that somebody let them borrow it and then they were going to bury him. But he didn't stay there, did he? See, from Friday to Sunday, he was busy. He was doing the work. He was writing our names down. Can't wait for Norm to get here. Uh, I don't know if he said that, but I'm hoping he is. <laughs> Can't wait for Mike and Michael to get here. Woohoo! And Faith. Oh, yeah. Faith, come on. Jesus was busy. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? If you're new here, I try to put these up behind me, uh, at least most of them. I'm reading from the NLT today most of the time, but this one happens to be from the Passion Translation. I just want to say thanks, Claudia, for getting me hooked on this. She read, read out of this a couple weeks ago, and I've kind of fallen in love with that one. John chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 23 to 26. He replied to them, now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Let me make this clear and realize this is Jesus talking. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat all because one grain died. Look in, look in your hand if you're still holding it, or on your seat, or wherever you put it. I'm suspecting we're going to have grass growing in our floor here in a week or two. But that little seed that you were given when you came in, it represents this kernel that I'm talking about. And I believe it's so fitting for today, as Jesus was that kernel. All right, He's actually talking about his death here then the next two verses the person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life but the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever if you want to be my disciple follow me and you will go where I am going and if you truly follow me as my disciple the Father will shower his favor upon your life. Would you bow your heads as we pray? Father, again, I, I am humbled to be here today on this very special day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for every soul in this room, those who are listening on live stream, Lord, I pray that you would influence us in ways we didn't even dream possible. Lord, those who are hurting today, I pray they would be given healings. Lord, those that are broken, I pray you'd mold them back together. Those that need Jesus, Lord, I pray by the end of this service, they would say yes to you, yes to the cross, yes to what the gift of God is for them. 
And Lord, I pray, even if I don't say it, and I said this earlier, Holy Spirit, that you would speak a little nugget of truth into every person that's here. And we pray this again in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can sit down if you'd like to. So hopefully that little seed you have is going to be a reminder of what Jesus did for us. He said that unless this seed is planted in the ground, it's not going to grow anything. But once it is, a multitude of plants come out of that, and many more seeds will be born. Amen? What do you think Jesus was talking about here in John 12? Anybody have a clue? What was he saying about the seed? What was he saying about his disciples? We have to die to self. Can you relate that to that little kernel in your hand? You have to be like that kernel. You see, if you try to stay like you already are before Christ, you're never going to change. You're never going to see fruit grown in your life. But if you allow Christ to get hold of you, if you die to self, and, and I'm not talking physical death here. I'm talking spiritual death, right? If you allow Christ to have his way with you and you die to self, that means, all right, whatever is super important to you, including fishing, I don't even like bringing that up, but, you know, that can't be a God to you. Maybe it's football. Maybe it's some other sport. Maybe it's shopping. I don't know. Whatever it is, you've got to set that stuff aside and make Jesus number one in your life. And by doing that, you are dying to self, and God can start to bring out the fruit that he wants in you. I've watched so many of you grow over the last several years, and, and it's a blessing. As a pastor, that's my reward. It's to see you mature. It's to see you bearing fruit. It's to see you leading people who are in darkness into the light. That's my blessing. And I am so grateful for all of you that consider this to be your church. The first thing I want to just make mention of is Jesus revealed that he had to die. I talked a little bit about this Sunday. Nobody wants Jesus to have to die. But he did it. It's done. Thankfully, now our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If we're born again. His whole purpose in coming to earth was to become the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That was his whole purpose. To lead the way to heaven. And through his death, similar to that single grain, or some of you probably got a handful, like that little seed, Jesus would produce a new crop. He was going to be, there was a first Adam. He was going to be the second Adam. Man died, but Jesus was going to be resurrected. Do you know he's the only God, he's the only prophet that came back to life? So when people say, well, all roads lead to heaven, no. Did they rise from the dead? I don't think so. I want to go with that one. Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to produce a huge crop of new births. 
that's what, when I talk about being born again, and we'll get into that a little, little bit later, when I talk about being born again, I'm talking about putting Christ on, becoming a new person. How many used to be a, a rough old sinner? You know what I mean by that, right? I mean, you could cuss a sailor out of business. Or some of those women in the factory that I used to work with. <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty raunchy mouth. And I'm not picking on that particular sin. I'm just saying it was an identity. It was the fruit that came out of me. I had a mouth like that too. It was a fruit that came out of me before I knew Christ. But after I was born again, everything changed. Now, I know this doesn't happen for everybody, but my life was changed immediately. I was a smoker. After I prayed that prayer, I wasn't a smoker. I was a drinker. After praying that prayer, I wasn't a drinker. I was a cusser. After that prayer, I didn't cuss anymore. Jesus took it away. That doesn't happen for everybody, but it did for me. And I've said this before, and I, I'll just let you know I'm human. About a year and a half went by. I was living for Jesus. I was loving on him. And like an idiot, I went back like the dog goes back to his vomit. I went back. You ever see that? And then what do they want to do? Come and lick your face. But I did that. I started smoking again. I, and I, I drank, but I didn't get drunk. I was smart enough. I mean, hey, I was saved, born again, but I kind of backslid. And after about two and a half years, God got my number again. He said, what are you doing, Norman? I've got a call on your life. You need to get with it. And I said, so what do you want me to do? Repent again. And I did. And that time... He delivered me again. I was up to four packs of Marlboro Reds a day. I know, you're like, sheesh. Wouldn't have wanted to have driven in your car. That was back before we knew secondhand smoke kills. My wife's back there going, <coughs> Anyway, I quit. I was 26 years old. I have not had a cigarette since. Not had a, a, an alcoholic beverage since. And I just want to thank Jesus that he got me. He, he born again to me. I don't think that's a word, but it doesn't matter. I, I, became, I became a new creation. All right. So you're with me. Jesus went to the grave, but on the third day, he rose from the dead. We've talked about that. So... Christ rose from the dead. That's the one thing that's different from all the other religions. When the stone was rolled away from that tomb, his body was not there. Just a little lump of clothes. 500 people saw him alive after the crucifixion. After he was resurrected. And his closest disciples actually had supper with him. And one of them that we know of actually touched the wounds that were left behind from the cross. People say, well, how do you know that that really happened? Really? You get 500 people to agree on anything. That's a miracle. All right? And then those 12 gave their lives for Jesus. 
If he hadn't have come back, I promise you, they would not have done that. They weren't in it for the money. Jesus was the first fruit of what our Heavenly Father was doing. You know, he had a plan. He had a plan from the very beginning. He knew what Adam and Eve were going to do in that garden. He knew that the serpent was going to come in. Did God really say? Right? We do the same thing today. Oh, I could, I could do that. You know, God's not going to mind. Really? Come on. You know what's right and wrong. Your spirit's going, don't do it, don't do it. But your flesh is going, do it, do it, do it, do it. Which one are you going to listen to? Or the Holy Spirit who's telling you, don't do it. Stay pure. Be holy, for I am holy, God said. So Jesus was the first to die and then to come back to life. Now you and I can live forever through his death and resurrection. I love 2 Corinthians 5.21. It's one of my favorite verses from the NLT. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. Or some versions say, or to become sin itself. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's some good news right there. Because where would we be otherwise? We'd be sitting here in our sins. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here worshiping Jesus because we'd have no reason to. We'd still be dead in our sins. How did Jesus' life become the offering for our sins? And, and I wanted to go back and read just a little bit out of Isaiah. Usually people go to uh, verses 3 to 6. I wanted to start with verse 10. So Isaiah 53, 10 and 11. And by the way, this took place 700 years before Jesus came on the earth. 700 years, God knew this was going to happen. But it was the Lord's good plan, you listening to this, to crush him and cause him grief. This is Jesus we're talking about. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have, what? Many descendants. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a descendant. I'm a descendant. I'm so thankful we're descendants. We're, we're a part of God's family. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. It's going to come to pass. It's going to have a lot of fruit, in other words. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear their sins. Hallelujah. He will bear all their sins. Thank you for that correction. Now, don't miss this part. Again, this was prophesied that Jesus was going to bear all our sins so that you and I wouldn't have to. I ought to be getting a couple of shouts right now at least. In fact, let me just put it up. How many can give a shout out to Jesus? When people say, why do you have to have Jesus? Because he's the only one that can forgive our sins. Otherwise, we're going to the grave with him. 
And anybody with sin in their life ain't going to make it. There's only one way to make it, and that is put it under the blood of Jesus. And if you do that, your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The second you are born again, your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and the angels will rejoice in heaven. For some of you, they're going to rejoice even more. You know who you are. So Jesus paid a price he did not owe. And we owed a price we could not pay. How many are thankful God had a plan? That plan started from the very beginning. Jesus was there. But we read about it 700 years prior when Isaiah the prophet wrote this. John 12, verses 25 and 26, that's the second part of what I wanted to talk about today. And it reveals how the Christian is going to come alive, you and me. The Bible tells us that we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And you'll find that in John 3, 3 and 7. You must be born again and enter, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. You must be born of water and of spirit, Jesus said. But to be born again, you must first die. And as I've already said, not literally, but die to self. You have to admit you can't. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't. Now tell them, but Jesus can. You see, when you go to Jesus and you say, I can't, but I know you can, everything changes. I'd like to get a clap offering on that one. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to be working you guys up like this. Ask yourself, if you really want to know if you're born again, ask yourself this question. Who do I live for? Jesus or me? Jesus or me? Who'd you think of when you first woke up this morning? You or Jesus? You or what God had planned for you today? I'll be honest with you. I woke up at 1 o'clock this morning, then 2.30 this morning, then 4.30 this morning, and I was thinking about Jesus. It might have had to do with what I knew was coming this morning. But I was trying to pray in the Spirit, just trying to invite him, Lord, have your way. I don't know who I'm praying for right now, but I'm praying. And then I'd fall asleep, and then I'd come back, and I'd do it again. And that happened over and over this morning. I believe I am born again. I, I believe he is number one in my life. We are expected to die to self we are expected to use this life, this new life that we're given in honor of Jesus, in honor of his kingdom. He wants us to hang out with sinners, but he doesn't want us to go back and do the things we used to do. Those people, just like you and I before we met Jesus, I call it B.C. days, before Christ, those people need to hear need to see Jesus. You're Jesus with skin on. And as a born-again believer, with, filled with the Holy Spirit, these people see you in their lives and they're like, man, how many have ever heard this? You've got something that I don't know what it is, 
but I need it. I've heard that many times. And it's usually from sinners. Are you with me? So here's the caution. Be in the world, but not of the world. Be in the world, but not of the world. Let people see who you are as a Christ follower. Hang out with those people that need Jesus. But don't go back to the old lifestyle, getting drunk and all that other stuff. Because that ruins your testimony. Sorry to say. Kind of done for at that point. You understand what I'm trying to say here? We're called to serve this world. Jesus said, he who wants to be the greatest must what? Become the least first. Must be willing to serve the world. And he did it first through his death and resurrection. Don't go back to that old, old lifestyle, but be useful in the Lord's hands. Now, I love this part. I'm going to read from Mark 8, 34 to 38. And after I read 34 and 35, John, you're going to play that clip. You may have seen this before. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will, what? Lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Watch this little video, then I'm going to come back. When I put this message together, and it's so untypical because usually I go after the rebirth of people, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, Norm, you've got to really address the Christians in, in this audience today. We are coming to the day when Jesus is coming back for his church. The way I read scripture and from what I understand of prophecy, that day could be any time that he could return. What does it mean when he returns? It means that everybody that's not born again yet is still going to be here. Sure, we're going to go to heaven. Praise God. But what about the people that we're going to leave behind? And I believe the Holy Spirit's trying to challenge us. Listen, there's a reason your cross is as heavy as it is. Somewhere down the road, you're going to need it. Whatever it is you're facing right now, whatever trauma, whatever turmoil, I don't know what you're facing. Pastor Roger raised his hand. You know what he's been going through physically. Somewhere down the road, God is going to use your testimony, the cross that you've been carrying, to minister to other people. And it may even be the catalyst to winning them to Christ. Who are we? So whatever cross you're carrying, carry it well. Carry it as a soldier of Christ. Keep your eye on him. Not on the world. And do what you got to do to get to the other side. To him be the glory. To him be the praise. And that leads into this next part. Verse 36 and 37 and 38. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. 
It can't get any clearer than that. We need to do our part. Tell people about Jesus. I almost feel like asking, with every head bowed and eye closed, how many people in here let other people know you're a Christian? You can lift your hand up. But not everybody's raising your hand. That tells me one, one of two things. Either you're a Christian who isn't saying anything or you're not born again yet. And hopefully by the end of the service, we're going to change that. This passage of Scripture, hello, is Jesus? This passage of Scripture is talking about serving the King. It's talking about what's expected of us. We are expected to spend ourselves for Jesus. Listen, when we get to heaven, we are going to have rewards up the gazoo. What's a gazoo? I don't know. I just made that up. I was going to say wazoo, but anyway. We're going to have a lot of reward. In fact, we're going to rule with Christ, as I understand Scripture, for a thousand years. He's going to put you over cities and towns. And I, I say this so much, I hope it comes to pass. I'm over the forest, or one of them. That's all I want, with some lakes in it, of course. I get to manage the forest. What about you? What are you going to be over? The Bible says we're going to rule with Jesus and when we get to heaven the seeds that we have planted here will represent our bank account in heaven so if you need a withdrawal start doing an investment here store your treasures up where in heaven where the rust and the moths can't eat it right that's God's plan for you don't be the dude in the video always wanting to take shortcuts. Because in the end, you're going to come up short. We're called to be like Jesus. We're called to serve others, whatever the cost. And for some, it seems that that cost is very big. That's all right. God's going to get you through it. I love Galatians 5.13 as well. This, this adds to what I'm saying here. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. And then this last sentence, instead, say it with me, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's what we're called to do, to be a servant to each other and to the world, just like Jesus was. And then Colossians 3, 1 through 4, and I'm, I'm almost there. Keep your focus on heaven. Since you have been raised to new, to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about all the things on earth and ignore the things that are in heaven. I'm dyslexic. I was hoping somebody challenged me. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you, what? Died to this life. Poke yourself. Are you dead? For you died to this life. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. 
And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. That's the reward I was talking about. Amen. We're going to be part of his kingdom. And if that doesn't excite you, nothing will. Now listen, I know this life, it seems so long. When you live into your 80s or 90s, it seems like forever. It's not. It's, wasn't, when you were nine years old, that's probably like yesterday. Yeah. I won't ask you how old you are, because I know. You told me anyway. He's almost at the big 9-0. Brother Gene. They've been married. <laughs> he and Carol have been married longer, I think, than I am old, but, yep. <laughs> yeah. 63 they've been married. Hallelujah. But Brother Gene, it's like a grain of sand in the scope of eternity. You have so long to live, and we're going to be there soon, brother. You may beat me there, but I'll see you there if you do. Amen? Hallelujah. But you may not. We may go up together here. All right? The dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then all those who are still alive, who are born again, who are still alive will be caught up in the air to meet Jesus. I'm so looking forward to that. But while we're here, remember what we're here for. We are here to serve. We're here to serve. We're here to win people into the kingdom. And maybe you're one of them today that say, yeah, well, I'm not there yet. This, this stuff sounds kind of weird to me. But let me just tell you, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. You must be. Not my words, Jesus. If you believe Jesus, then you better make sure that you're ready. As I begin to close, Jesus came to take our place. Though sinless, he became sin for us. And he nailed those sins to the cross. Hallelujah! Once and for all, praise Jesus. He doesn't have to keep coming back and doing it over and over and over like they used to in the Old Testament. Once and for all, he became the sacrifice for our sins. Easter, or Resurrection Sunday, is all about Jesus dying, being buried, then rising from the dead. That's what this whole day represents. There is no other God, as I've already said, no other prophet that ever rose from the dead with the exception of Jesus. And that's why he's the one you must put your, true, your, your, your faith in. He's the one you must believe in. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. You think he was kidding? No, he was not kidding. Jesus is coming back. But you must be born again. Wasn't planning on reading this, but somebody needs to get a little more excited. I usually read this, ironically, at funerals. And I always give people a chance to become born again. 
Because there's no greater place. There's no greater place to win people into the kingdom than when they're standing there looking at somebody in a box. You got to know something happened. Jesus said in John 14, verse 1 and following, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. (laughs) How many can say amen to that? If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am going. And then he said, and you know the way to where I'm going. You know the way. Now, the disciples didn't have this good book. We do. We know the way. You must be born again. You want to go to heaven? You have to set aside the old man, the old life, stop sinning or living in a lifestyle of sin, I should say, because we all blow it at times. But when you do, what do you do? You repent, you put it under the blood, and you move on. Just don't let that be a part of your life every single day. If you're born again, you have the power through the Holy Spirit to live victoriously over sin. And as a result, the day is going to come and Jesus is going to come back. When's he coming back? When he finishes the mansion. So apparently he's not done yet. But when he gets it finished. And listen, some of you might live in an awesome home, but it is nothing compared to what he's preparing for us. You figure he created the earth and the heavens in six days and us. What do you think heaven's going to be like if it's taken him 2,000 years to build it? Just think about that. Now to the last part. When you came in, hopefully you received a little bookmark. And I worked all day yesterday getting those printed out. I tried to put it on cardstock. I apologize. It didn't work. All right, my printer messed up. So what you got was the version that worked. Paper. Not the greatest, but on that little card, on the front it says the hope and our little uh, website. And then there's underneath it, there's a prayer of salvation. Don't read that yet, I want you to go to the back. On the back side of this is what we like to call the Romans Road, and I'm going to finish with this. This little list of scripture is all from the book of Romans. That's why we call it the Romans Road. And it takes you from the beginning to the end. Would you allow me, I know you guys can read, but would you allow me and read along with me as we go through the Romans Road? And here's what I want you to do. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I don't know if I'm right with Jesus. I really want you to pay attention to this because when we're done, we're going to pray that prayer on the other side of this card. Here's the other thing, Christians. Some of you know people that need Jesus. And if given the opportunity, you might say, well, I just don't know if I've got what it takes to lead them to Jesus. You know what? That's the Holy Spirit's job. Your job is to tell them the truth. Here's the truth. And if after you share these scriptures with them, they say, you know, I'd like to be born again. What can you do? Turn it over and pray that prayer with them. Or something similar. This is just 
something I put down. You can use any, but it lines up with the scriptures on the back. You ready? Would you stand with me? Can we do that? Can you still hold that and stand? I chose to use the NLT. Say it out loud with me. Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. How many know that? You can't earn your way into heaven. Nobody in this room is good enough to go to heaven without the cross. Romans 5.12 kind of jumps back to where it started. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. So who's a sinner? Everybody except one, Jesus. Romans 5.18, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. How many could give a big shout? And then the next one, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I didn't include this one on here because I ran out of room. But on, on my paper here, I have Romans 8, 12 to 14. And this is really for us. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You don't have to memorize that one, but that's for somebody in here today. Finally, and this is what you're actually praying on the other side. Romans 10, 9, well, it should be through 10. If you confess with your mouth, say this out loud. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then read that next part. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. And I just put this last one here just because I love it. Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're here today, you're either you're a sinner still. You've never accepted Jesus as Lord. You've never prayed a prayer like this before. But you'd like to see your, your life changed for the better. If you'd like your name to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're backslidden, like I was so many years ago, if you knew Jesus, you were born again, but you decided for whatever reason to go back to your vomit, and you're done with the vomit, you want to come back to Christ, I want you to pray this prayer today as well. With every head bowed, eye closed, please. If you're here today and you're going to pray with me, and, and one of these two areas is going to be you, would you lift your hand up so I can see them? Hands going up, thank you. Yep, yep, yep. Anybody else? Thank you. 
I'm going to ask the whole room to pray this prayer with me, with the folks that raised their hands. And if you mean this today, if you mean business, if you're not fooling around, you're not just praying this because you're having some emotional experience right now. If you, if you mean it, your name is going to be, when we're done, your name is going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are going to be changed forever. And when that day comes that your heart stops beating or that Jesus comes back for his church, whichever comes first, you're going to be with him. Are you ready? Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, just as the Bible says, I believe in my heart that you sent Jesus Christ to go to the cross and die for my sins. Today, I confess my sins to you and ask you to forgive me and make me into the person that you want me to be. From this day forward, I will do all that is within me to live for you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Two things before I say the benediction prayer, the the closing prayer. One, if you prayed that today and you meant business, if you just need a little nudge in your life, a little extra help, we have a great book for you to grab hold of. Uh, Brother... uh, Jerry in the back has them, and let's just see him. He's got them. Grab a book from him. It's called, which one are we giving out? The New Life, The Seven Basics. It's a great book from uh, Beth Jones, and uh, you will really appreciate that as it helps you to work through what's next, how to live victorious for Christ. He also has some Bibles I see in his hand. If you need a Bible, grab one of those. The last part is we kind of hurried along when we did the offering, and if you're a a new visitor and you would like to the the food pantry to get five dollars because of your little card and you didn't get a chance to drop it in there uh, just fill that out you can either put it in the little slotted box outside the door or give it to somebody at guest service which is that big long table right out there and we'll still make sure that that's applied to uh, the food pantry we'll let you know next week how many people did that like if there's 20 people there are going to be a hundred dollars that and Brother Bob, you're going to be going, woohoo, another $100. Amen. Are we good? Anybody get ministered to today? Yeah. I know those little cards are going to be hard to hang on to because they're just paper, but if you can, put it somewhere your wallet, your purse. Holy Spirit will remind you when you need it. He'll bring it back to your remembrance. Father, we thank you again for the greatest sacrifice known to man. If it weren't for you, Lord, where would we be? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Thank you, Lord, for that. We honor you, Jesus. We lift up your name in this place today. And as we go out of here, I pray that each one of us would be that light 
that you've called us to be, that each one of us would serve you in ways that maybe there are new ways you want us to be used for the kingdom, spent for the kingdom. God, show us. What's your plan for us, for each one? You have something individual for every person in this room. There's something you plan for us to do from the beginning of time. Help us to see what it is and use us, oh God. And Lord, I pray as we go that your favor would rest upon us, that your blessing, Lord, would be on us, on our bank accounts, Lord, on our health. Lord, that you would infuse the Holy Spirit into us in fresh and new ways, Lord. That we're not the same like we were yesterday, but today, Lord, is a new day. And I pray just a, a supernatural impartation over this body today in Jesus' name. And Lord, keep us safe in our coming and in our going. Those who are traveling, Lord, loose angels around us to keep us safe. We love you, and we commit this people into your hands. Again, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Shake somebody's neck that you don't know nicely. Don't hurt them. Shake their hand. Tell them you're glad they're here. We hope you have a great week in Jesus. Happy Resurrection Day.